Good afternoon, everybody. We welcome you here today. What a beautiful spring day with the sun shining and the flowers abloom, declaring the glory of God all around us, reminding us of life that we have in him and the great hope that we have for eternity in Christ as he is the giver of life and the giver of life eternal, which is what we come to proclaim And revel in and rejoice in and celebrate today as we remember the life of our dear sister and friend, Kathleen Lund. We're so thankful to the family, especially Mike and the kids and everyone else who have gathered here with us today for the privilege here 
to be able to have this service in this building. And we're thankful to all of you who have come from all around the county and the country in order to join and be a part of this service together. We're so grateful to you all for the remembrances that you're going to share and for all of the all of the times and ways that you spent time with Kathleen and made memories with her and with Mike and all of the ways in which God has used all of you in their lives in which God has used her in all of our lives. And so we rejoice today to be able to come and celebrate and exalt Christ together. You'll find in the back, if you haven't already, these programs that are printed. Everything that you need for the service is, is printed in the program, the words to the hymns that we'll be singing, and, and just follow along the flow of the program there. And then there's a eulogy printed in the back. So if you haven't got one of those, make sure that you do. And then following the service, immediately after this time, there is a reception up in our fellowship hall building, up the pathway, and in the building up the hill. There's a lot of good food up there and refreshment for you all, and we hope that you can all stay and come and enjoy more times of reminiscing together. There's a wonderful video that Maureen put together that we're going to watch with memories and photographs of, of Kathleen set to music and have time just to share together and fellowship and rejoice together in all that she meant in all of our lives. So as we begin our time today, let me just open us with prayer. Our God and our Father, how grateful we are to you. We know that the book of Ecclesiastes reveals and Solomon proclaims to us in that book that there is great wisdom to be gained in the house of mourning. When we come together on a day like today, we come with hearts that are grieved, hearts that hurt because we have lost someone that we love in terms of the proximity of that person with us here in this world during our lives and our time here in this world. But Father, we know that she is not lost forever, and we know that there is great wisdom to be gleaned as we come and reflect on the fact that all of us are mortal and that life in this world is but a glimpse and but a blink and but a vapor compared to eternity. And Father, the great wisdom of the gospel that you have revealed, that in Christ alone and through faith in him alone, you have granted us salvation. You have granted us reconciliation with you. You have granted forgiveness of sins. You have granted justification that we might be declared to be righteous by you and accepted by you. And you have a great, you've granted us great hope through this gospel that Jesus is our Savior. That by his coming, by his perfect life, by his sacrificial death, our sins are removed if we have faith in him. And we are reconciled to you and we are redeemed. And we will live with you for endless days in your kingdom, and in your presence. Father, we praise you for the hope that this brings. We praise you that it means that those of us who know Kathleen and know that she not only had this hope but lived her life according to that hope, we know that we don't have to grieve as those who have no hope, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, but that we can have the great confidence that she is now forever with her Savior and with her Lord and with her King. And so we praise you for the gospel. We praise you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness to us 
in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege that we have today to gather together and to lift our voices in praise as we remember our sister and all of the ways in which your love in her life and your love through her life blessed all of us and so many others and was itself a living testimony of the grace and the love and the kindness of God in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, as we remember her and as the gospel is proclaimed and as we sing your praises today, would you encourage our hearts? Would you give us this hope? Would you give us peace? Would you give us comfort? And would you strengthen us to continue to run the race with endurance as Kathleen did by your grace alone until the very end? We love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to invite Kathleen's dear husband, Mike, to come up and begin our time together of remembering Kathleen's life with some eulogy. Mike, come. Thank you all for coming. Uh, I had uh, 49... uh, Excuse me if I cry a little bit, but uh, I had uh, 49 years uh, of marriage to a great wife and friend. Uh, Kathleen had a grateful, joyful heart, uh, and uh, she was forever hopeful about things. Uh, she she was really there for me. I uh, we were almost polar opposites in some respects, but uh, uh, she was always looking for the coming of Jesus Christ, her Savior, and. Uh, uh, Kathleen reminded me of the uh, prophet uh, Jeremiah uh, in uh, Lamentations, and uh, it talked about uh, J- Jeremiah uh, because of all the oppression that was going on in Israel, and the temple had been shut down, and uh, and so Jeremiah said uh, one day, he said, this comes to mind, and uh, thus I have hope, uh, but this... Uh, Therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Uh, and they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And Kathleen uh, frequently would say that scripture. Uh, and uh, there are different quotes that uh, she liked. Uh, one was by uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny was is a woman who's been in a wheelchair for 50 years, and she has a... Uh, uh, an organization called Johnny and Friends, and she delivers wheelchairs all over the world. And uh, so Kathleen and I uh, actually corresponded with Johnny. She drew a picture of heaven uh, and uh, actually sent us uh, the print. Uh, but anyways, uh, Johnny's quote is, God always permits what he hates to accomplish something that he loves. Uh, then, a, then another quote that uh, her dear friend, Evie Nichols, uh, said, uh, Evie was uh, Kathleen's mentor. She was a spiritual mom. Uh, She was a prayer partner uh, to her. And uh, she was a cheerful soul winner for Christ. Uh, I remember uh, Kathleen met Evie when I was a teacher uh, at Baymont years ago and coach. And and she invited her to go to a prayer group. And from that point on, Kim and uh, Steve and Evie became part of our family, and then now all the grandkids and great-grandkids are there. But uh, uh, Evie uh, was a person, uh, she almost, I, I think Evie is like a, the prophet Elijah, and just throwing her mantle to Kathleen, and uh, Kathleen caught that. And 
she always, uh, everywhere she went, she shared the, uh, uh, her faith in Christ. Uh, and so the quote that Evie had was, uh, when you gaze upon the Lord Jesus and only him and glance at your problems, all is well. But when do you reverse that order, bad things happen. And then I remember one quote, another quote that uh, Kathleen talked about a lot, uh, especially in her last three years when her dementia became pretty bad. Uh, she said, uh, as Grandma Evie would say, it could be worse. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, Kathleen, uh, I was going to talk about some of the sports and activities that uh, she enjoyed. Uh, she loved the beach. She loved reading. When we moved to Oregon, we had uh, 34 boxes of books that uh, we brought, and uh, her main interest was uh, Puritans and, uh, and theology, So she and she actually read all those. I spent some time going through, and she had everything so marked up I could barely read uh, what the book said. Um, and uh, she liked dancing. We would dance on the deck and inside the house, and, uh, and she liked all things Neil Diamond, she loved that. Uh, she, for a time, played golf. Uh, I remember coming home one day, and uh, she was taking care of Katie. And uh, I said, why don't you go down to the golf course and learn how to play golf? And uh, so she joined the women's club, learned how to putt and chip. And, uh, and then one day she came home very excited, and she had a hole-in-one on the ninth hole. So it's pretty amazing. And... Uh, and then, of course, I don't know if this is a sport, but she liked all things hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of whipped cream. So, uh, so her personal life, Kathleen was born, Kathleen Cecilia Flaherty, in San Diego on September 9, 1944, to John and Mary. Uh, she was the third oldest of 15 brothers and sisters. She's quite proud of that. In fact, in the latter times in her life, uh, when her memory her short-term memory was uh, gone. Uh, she would revert back and remember all the activities and all the time she spent caring for her brothers and sisters at, uh, then. Uh, she is survived by me, my three daughters, four grandkids, and 13 great-grandkids. Uh, Kathleen, her early years, Kathleen spent the majority of that time taking care of family all the way through high school. In a letter, uh, Relating to that, uh, there was one day when the whole family was lined up, uh, and it was a day of great frustration, and the statement was made that all, to all the children, if you're not good, you're going to go to hell. And uh, Kathleen panicked and didn't know what the others felt, but she believed that. And, and at that point, uh, she knew she was not good. And she wanted to be good and wanted to be with God, so she worked as hard as she could to be good. Uh, even though she didn't know it at the time, we were seeing Romans 3.12 kind of come into play. There are none who are good, no, not one. Uh, Kathleen was married at 19, and at 21 she had two beautiful daughters, Maureen and Tammy. And uh, at 25, Kathleen's husband, Rob, died of cancer, and she was there when he passed away. And uh, uh, kind of interesting story behind that, there were uh, probably uh, 20 or 30 policemen. Uh, Rob was a policeman for the LA Police Department. And uh, so these men would come and see him uh, during his last days. And one of them, who was a police chaplain, led uh, her husband to Christ uh, before he died. 
Well, that was, that was a good thing. Kathleen was looking forward to that. But because of that, uh, Kathleen had a terrible fear of death and an unknown God. Uh, and uh, that fear turned to anger in her life. Uh, so she went to church, uh, and it became harder, and she became harder and harder. And her prayers became cold. Uh, she realized the whole idea of working your way to heaven and being good was not working for her. So later, Kathleen realized, uh, it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God as a result. It's not a result of being good or doing good works. And that's in Ephesians 2. But, uh, so Kathleen finished nursing school and uh, worked in Los Angeles for a while. And out of the blue, she got fired. So after she uh, got fired, she and the girls moved to uh, Costa Mesa, California, even though she didn't know it at the time, uh, God knew her. Uh, one of her favorite psalms was uh, Psalm 139. Uh, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet they were, there were none of them. So Kathleen lived a block away from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Her brother and a nurse, Michelle Finn, very dear friend of hers, uh, took her to church at Calvary. Uh, and uh, it scared her at first uh, because the church she went to had a lot of rituals. Uh, this particular church just had a, a cross and a guy up there talking like he knew who God was. And that was Pastor Chuck Smith. And uh, Kathleen started to read the Bible. And then in Romans 10, 17, uh, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God, which is the Bible. So Kathleen gave her life to Christ and became born again and became a Christian at that point. Uh, and uh, she had started a lifelong love affair with Jesus. And uh, she, she, it was all the result of Chuck's simple approach to, to preaching. He would go verse by verse. And it, it, uh, it was an amazing time. Uh, in fact, Chuck, I think, was the, the spiritual father all of us wanted and never had. And uh, I remember being there, and literally thousands of people were going to church, and there was a, almost a revival going on, and uh, how exciting it was. And Kathleen and I had a friendship uh, that was centered around going to church and getting to know each other that way. And... Uh, in, uh, in 1973, Kathleen and I got married. Uh, we moved to Santa Cruz so I could uh, teach and coach uh, and start a new life. Uh, in 1976, our daughter Katie was born. Uh, and then Kathleen's words, unexpected, love beyond anything, eight pounds of sweetness. At 17 days old, Katie contracted spinal meningitis. And after that, she had all the complications you can imagine. I can remember the doctor at one point saying, well, you better call the mortuary. But Kathleen had such, such an ability as a caregiver and a, such an enthusiasm of, about that. Uh, uh, that just made her want to take care of Katie more and more. We found out later that uh, uh, antibiotics were not given in a timely fashion. Uh, our perfect daughter had unimaginable pain and disability for 24 years in a broken body. Uh, Kathleen took wonderful care of her. She read the Bible to her. She sang to her. She nursed her while 
she watched her physical life waste away. But at the same time, she watched the spirit of Katie being uh, improved and, and, uh, uh, and saw uh, nurture and grow. Uh, one of Kathleen's favorite verses at the time was 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. We do not lose hope, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. But seeing all of this suffering and being unable to help Katie at times is more than Kathleen could bear. So she became angry and upset and wanted to see uh, the, the caregivers and the doctors suffer. Uh, even for a while, she questioned God's goodness and uh, the hope in her life. But while all this was going on, uh, we moved back to uh, uh, Los Angeles area, and I went to school. And uh, after many surgeries and doctor's visits and finishing school, we moved back to Santa Cruz to open a chiropractic office and to live. Through all the changes, Kathleen took wonderful care of Katie. Uh, she practically did it all on her own. We didn't have any help around the house, and uh, we both worked with her. She mothered our daughter. She continued to have no peace and joy, though. But instead, she had an increased panic and anxiety and fear and resentment as the days passed. So Kathleen read many books, but the one book by R.C. Sproul called Surprised by Suffering and the Bible, of course, made her realize that God, more than anything, was involved in suffering and that he was sovereign and he was in control of everything. Uh, and then one scripture that came that she really liked at the time was Ephesians 3, 10, uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So we had a commitment. Uh, a lot of times when you have this kind of stress, uh, uh, like a good friend told me, 97% of the people uh, separate, but actually the, the, uh, all the suffering and all the things that went on made Kathleen and I grow closer to each other and dependent on each other. And uh, that was a good thing. But uh, I can actually uh, remember uh, Kathleen's sister, Patricia, that came uh, one time and she said, you know, I felt sorry for Katie at first, but after seeing her and experiencing her life, uh, the joy and love that I had, uh, that she had, I didn't feel sorry for her anymore. Uh, uh, for, for years, not so much Kathleen, I personally looked around town for the doctors and some of the caregivers so that I could uh, tell them about all the suffering and all the stuff that went on in uh, Katie's life, but I was never successful. Uh, so I just stewed and became resentful and kind of apathetic about things. Uh, and then uh, we got a call one night from Dr. Monteith, and he said, we want you and Kathleen to come to a, uh, a talk. And so we were able to find a, a nurse, uh, and we decided to go. Uh, there were two open seats at our table. The room was packed, and it was starting to get dark, and the speaker was getting ready. And there was a couple at the door that uh, was coming in late, and so Kathleen motions over to them. And I said... Uh, I saw who was coming in. I said, that's the doctor. Let's leave. And she says, no, I want to make this the worst day of his life. <laughs> and so 
uh, and tell him about all the pain and suffering. The doctor sat down and turned his back, and then he turned around and put his hand out to greet uh, us. And Kathleen said the minute she touched his hand, God changed her mind completely. And she said, I think God's got us here to forgive you for what you did and all the mistakes that were made in, Kat- in Katie's care. And uh, the doctor uh, asked to be forgiven for all the mistakes and the mishaps. And, uh, it, it was amazing because the three of us were like in a bubble. The speaker was speaking and things were going on. And here we were talking about forgiveness. We are talking about the Lord and we are talking about Katie's valuable life. Uh, we had to leave early that night and the next day in a very dramatic way. Kathleen and I felt free. We didn't feel uh, upset or angry uh, when Katie had a seizure or any, anything like that. Uh, God gave us an even greater love for him and Katie after that. So I'm grateful for some of the lessons I learned from Kathleen on forgiveness. It was definitely her that brought me to this point. Uh, I learned that forgiveness doesn't mean you condone what the other person did or that you trust that person. Forgiveness is about your relationship and your heart with God. Uh, and also, you'll, you will have to t- continue to forgive, to choose forgiveness for the rest of your life. And then the fourth thing, basically, forgiveness doesn't mean you're letting the other person off the hook. It's trusting God to take care of it. Matthew, we used to talk about that. We used to struggle over Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Uh, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father also forgives you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, and your Father will not forgive your sins. We're so grateful that we were put in a situation to be able to experience that. Uh, Katie died at home at 24 years. And Kathleen and I had the privilege of watching her die and taking her last breath. And uh, uh, so I remember uh, one doctor in town, Dr. Tyler, uh, said he'd never seen anybody take care of a special needs child like Katie. And uh, so it was wonderful what, what Kathleen did. Kathleen had a Bible study in our home for many years. I recently talked to somebody that had gone for... 20 years to the Bible study, and she said that we were there to, to hear, of course, Kathleen, uh, what she did when she studied and studied the scripture, and we were there also to hear about the wisdom she had in her life, and, uh, and a lot of the women would come, and they would bring their kids. Their kids wanted to be with their mom, and it was, it was a wonderful time. Uh, 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 Kathleen worked in my office. Uh, she prayed for patients. She worked on them. We always had that... Uh, uh, between the two of us that we would try to do extra and try to really uh, uh, see if we could help people uh, until about two, 2020, that was. Kathleen and I uh, moved to Oregon in uh, 2020 to me near our daughter Tammy and her husband Paul. Uh, we left because of some cognitive issues Kathleen was having. We weren't sure at the time. We, we didn't know at the time she had Alzheimer's. Uh, but uh, we sense the need to be near family. And, uh, and I'm so grateful. Uh, Tammy uh, really was helpful. Uh, she, uh, through self-sacrifice, she gave all she had to Kathleen. And uh, it was amazing. She treated her with dignity and honor. And, uh, 
and she also had some humor too uh, during that time and uh, I really appreciate that uh, it, it was difficult uh, so we, we saw as when we moved and when we had that support in Oregon we saw one of Kathleen's favorite scriptures being prayed out which is all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose and uh, so Alzheimer's is a progressive disease. Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's, uh, it's probably the worst thing that a person could get. It, it just robs you of your personality, your dignity, your whole life. Uh, and uh, there's no cure. There's probably 16 million people that have dementia in the U.S. And 70% uh, of them have Alzheimer's. And uh, the uh, victims usually don't know what's going on and they don't know they have Alzheimer's. And Kathleen didn't, did not know she had it. Uh, it's like a smoldering fire in the brain. It's called by some a long goodbye. Uh, there are three stages in Alzheimer's, and Kathleen had all of them. And then finally ended up in hospice care. And uh, that was so wonderful. Uh, Maureen, my uh, oldest daughter, came and spent that last week or two uh, with Kathleen helping me nurse her and helping the, the people that uh, nursed her. It was, it was uh, fantastic to have her there. She really helped and pitched in and she actually, uh, I wasn't going to have any kind of memorial and she coordinated all this so we could remember Kathleen. Uh, and uh, so it was really, really good. Uh, and I saw firsthand 2 Corinthians 4 again being played out and that was one of Kathleen's favorite scriptures. And, uh, and again, so we do not lose heart. So the outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is preparing for us an eternal way to glory. And uh, beyond all comparison. And that's what Kathleen had. That She had that core belief, even when uh, she couldn't talk and uh, when uh, the bladder and bowel problems occurred, uh, we saw a value in her life, and uh, so uh, <clears throat> she showed us, like Katie, the value can be found in something other than cognitive abilities and usefulness, and that God is good and loving and all-powerful, and that the difficult challenges of life don't come by accident. God brings them into our lives on purpose. Paul in Philippians talked about suffering the loss of all things and then counting them as rubbish in order that he may gain Christ and eternal life. And uh, that was Kathleen. Uh, she was all about Jesus. And uh, I'm thankful that she had all that before uh, she uh, had Alzheimer's. And uh, it really uh, gave her a uh, inner self. Uh, another favorite verse of Kathleen's is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So four months ago, I said goodbye to my wife, who was also my soulmate, my partner, and my best friend. Uh, the last pilgrimage of Alzheimer, with all the grief and suffering, which started at full swing about three years ago, uh, was full of learning, introspection, and enrichment. It's amazing how when somebody's suffering and you can't communicate and you're trying to do the best to take care of them, how introspective you come of your life and you start thinking through things. And, and part of the uh, grief process is that uh, 
you have regrets and uh, you get stuck. And so I've been going to something called a grief share, and uh, it's uh, been been great to be able to to see those stages and see what other people have gone through. And uh, so uh, it's been difficult, very difficult. Uh, it makes me miss the whole Kathleen. The fact that Kathleen is happier than she's ever been is truly amazing. Kathleen's death is not the end of a, my relationship with her, but only a temporary interruption. And I'm looking forward to a great reunion with her. And I, I, she loved also Revelation 21.4. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away and all things will be new. I can hardly wait to see her. Uh, and if I had to say anything, I would say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's amazing the, uh, the ability she had and the attitude she has. I really miss that. Uh, and uh, we had some friends, Jerry and Karen, uh, in Oregon that were very kind to, uh, to us. And we'd sit by the river and go over to their home and play with their great-grandkids. And uh, they were very, very great with Kathleen. Uh, and I want to thank many of you in, the, in this uh, audience for praying for us. Uh, we really did need prayer, and uh, I could tell God was uh, in support uh, of us. Uh, one quote, which is my quote, uh, it's by Thomas Watson. He's a Puritan. And uh, whatever hell you're going to have in this as a child of God uh, meets with, it's all the hell he will ever have in this life. And I think that really aptly uh, depicts uh, that. Uh, my heavenly future looks pretty bright, but I would sure appreciate your prayers now because it, it's difficult being by myself and, uh, and spending so much time with Kathleen. We did absolutely everything together. And so people like Ray that surf and, you know, and Josh who fly fishes, you've you got to have hobbies, you've got to do things and also enjoy uh, your spouse. But anyways, thank you for listening. So. Good afternoon. Uh, my name's Josh, and I just wanted to share a couple thoughts about my grandma. Uh, it would be extremely easy for me to describe the impact grandma's love, kindness, and faith have had on me throughout my life, and by extension, the lives of my wife and kids. I could talk endlessly about the amazing memories I have of Grandma making waffles while my brother and sister and I sat at the sprawling island in her kitchen, or how she let a newly licensed 16-year-old drive her BMW around Santa Cruz to get lunch at the crow's nest, all the while listening and singing Shout to the Lord by the Mandate. To this day, I don't think there's a better version of that hymn. I witnessed Grandma's strong faith while growing up in her devotion and caring for Aunt Katie and her love for Grandpa and Aunt Tammy and Mom and her love of hymns and steadfast discipline in reading God's word. And even in her final years and months of her life, I continue to witness God's grace through Grandma's love and generosity with her great-grandchildren. I'd like to uh, highlight one of our last visits that has stuck with me since it highlights Grandma's love for Jesus and her family. A few years ago, my wife Holly and I, with our, at the time, three kids, visited Grandma and Grandpa and Aunt Tammy and Uncle Paul in Oregon. While we were there, Grandma's memory had already deteriorated but she was still as warm, sweet, and loving, especially to her great-grandchildren. Before we left, uh, she would give the kids small decorations or books from her room. One book she gave us is the children's book called 
theology, which breaks down different theological subjects in a way that is easily understandable, especially to young kids. We have already read the book several times over to our now four children as a nightly bedtime routine. One particular section on theology uh, that has been especially impactful in these last few months since Grandma's passing has been the section on the last things in the resurrection. It reads, When Jesus, robed in glorious light, returns to the earth, he will shout a command, and amazingly, the bodies of everyone who died trusting in Jesus will rise again from the dead. Can you imagine thousands of people rising from the graves all at once? Their spirits, which went to be with Jesus in heaven when they died, will rejoin their brand new glorified bodies and rise to meet Jesus in the air. Like the resurrected body of Jesus, these new bodies will be completely free of sin, sickness, and death. Those who are crippled in life will rise with new legs. Those who had cancer will be healed, and those who are blind will see. The deaf will hear, and those who couldn't even speak will sing. Because of Christ's death and resurrection, we have a hope that we will one day rise again. I love you, Grandma. I miss you, and I will see you again. It's amazing to be here to see all the family and friends uh, that my grandma's life impacted, her faith, her love for Jesus. Uh, I think of what grandpa just said, that she, when she took her last breath, surrounded by family, she was greeted by her Savior and heard the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like Josh said, the impact that my grandma and grandpa and their faith in Christ has done for me. And my family is immeasurable. I think of a couple different stories that highlight exactly what grandma held to. She loved the Lord, her God, with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she loved her neighbor as herself. There were several occasions, like Grandpa alluded to, where we would be out, whether it be at the boardwalk, whether it be getting dinner, we'd be anywhere, a park, a skate park. Grandma would sit down and meet a stranger and share her love and faith in Christ with them and pray with them. And she planted seeds, so there's... I've known souls that have given their life to Christ because of what Grandma did. Another story that I had is when we would stay with my Grandma and Grandpa at their house in Scotts Valley, and I would witness the care and compassion and the love that they had from my Aunt Katie. I would maybe <clears throat> recognize some of the pain and suffering that they were experiencing and that they were beholden to being at home on a daily basis taking care of Katie. And they didn't get the opportunity to travel internationally. My other set of grandparents have the, the great blessing to be able to travel internationally and got on several mission trips. And at a young age, I recognized that my grandma and grandpa had been blessed with this mission field here in the Santa Cruz area. And I got to see and know that no matter where you're at, no matter what line 
God gives you in life. Let's say you are steadfast with the small things that you will be blessed with much more. I love you, Grandma. Let's all stand together now and take your programs and turn to the first hymn that's there, How Great Thou Art.
Good afternoon. My name is Dave. Uh, my wife and I, Rose, my wife and I were close friends of Mike and Kathleen. Uh, and so I am truly honored to be asked to be able to come and share with you guys today. I will keep this relatively short this afternoon, although short is relative when it comes to a preacher. <laughs> it's a bit subjective, <laughs> but I mean it. Um, I was also thinking about not using notes here this afternoon, but I thought better of that too. In the effort of keeping it short, I thought about having notes. I wasn't going to use notes here this afternoon because I wanted it to be truly and purely from the heart, as much as possible from the heart, which is easy for me to do when talking about Kathleen. Kathleen will always, always claim uh, an extremely special place in both my heart and my wife's heart, and also excuse me if I cry a little, a little bit here today. <laughs> And that's not at all uh, something just nice to say because I was asked to come up and say nice things about Kathleen. These are truly, truly, absolute, sincere truth that Kathleen was and is one of the most precious friends and sisters that I can ever have the privilege of knowing in my life. Both Mike and Kathleen played a very, very special role and were used mightily by God in bringing uh, us, my, myself and my wife, to him, to the Lord, and then discipling us in him. We'll never be able to thank God enough for his ministry, the Lord's ministry, through them to us. Only he knows, only God knows how many prayers they prayed for us, besides just the one-on-one the, the -on -one personal contact that we had with them. You know, having Christ, if you have Christ, you know that having Christ is everything. Having Christ makes so many things in life so much easier. Kathleen had Christ. She had him. He had her. All of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ can say the same thing. We have him. He has us. We have Christ. Kathleen not only had Christ, but she pointed people to Christ. Lots of people. Not all of us can say that all the time, or as maybe as much as we should be able to say that. Kathleen could say that. She pointed people to Christ. That was her ministry, one of her awesome, precious ministries from her heart. We recently started going through the book of John in our church, and we were looking at John the Baptist a couple months back, and in that same week, when we started to get into the book of John and looking at John the Baptist and his ministry, in that same week is when Kathleen went home to heaven. I could not help but think, and I mentioned it to our congregation, how Kathleen truly had a John the Baptist kind of ministry in her life. He was preparing the way for the Messiah into people's hearts and pointing people to Jesus. And that was Kathleen. My wife is clear and definite fruit from her ministry, pointing people to Jesus. Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to get personal in a homily, but I'm going to get personal here today. 
and many of you, some of you, have heard this story probably more than twice. And this is my wife's testimony in coming to her faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, but if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it. If you've heard it, you're going to hear it again. <laughs> my wife, Rose, was a, uh, a patient at Lung Chiropractic just down the road here for many, many years. 20-something years, she would go in, get her back adjusted, and every single time, as Kathleen would massage her and get her prepped for Mike to do the adjustment, she would just tell, tell her about Jesus Christ, tell her how much the Lord loved her, Now he died for her, year after year. Adjustment after adjustment, visit after visit, she heard about Jesus from Kathleen. I wonder how many people can tell that same story. I think it's lots. Kathleen was in Israel. Well, I just want to finish that story off. Um, so after many, many years of hearing about Jesus, and then one day uh, Rose walked in for her adjustment, and she was told by Kathleen that, that uh, Katie had gone home to heaven. Now, Rose know, knew all about Katie and the situation with Katie and how they lovingly cared for Katie year after year after year for 24 years and would trade off with Katie there in the office. So Rose knew all about Katie. So that day when she came in and was told that Katie went home to heaven and then she saw the peace in both Kathleen and Mike, she was blown away. She thought, why aren't you a, a, a babbling mess right now? Your daughter just died. She said, well, we know where she is. She went home to heaven. And they had such absolute peace that my wife said, I want what you have. And they prayed right then and there. She went and got Mike, brought him into the office. They prayed for her. She prayed the sinner's prayer and gave her life to Christ right then and there. Again, I wonder how many people can tell the same type of story about Kathleen. Kathleen was and is a precious, precious soul and faithful servant to the Lord. No doubt she did hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, having Christ makes life so much easier in so many ways. Having Christ also makes death. For us who do believe and do know where we are headed in Christ, we're headed home. So we know that having Christ makes even, even death for our loved ones who have Christ. It makes it that so much easier because we know that person is just graduating. They're just moving to a much better place. They're going home. The resurrection of Christ makes all the difference. Kathleen is living that resurrection life right now as we speak. She is way better off than we are today. And we that have Christ will see her again. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 to 22, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man, capital M, man, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. 
The resurrection of Jesus Christ is as real as it gets. That means that belief in him, his death, his resurrection, makes resurrection for us as real as it gets. Kathleen believed that with all of her heart, and I'm sure death was the least of her concerns. As, as Mike shared, she was waiting for Jesus' return, longing, waiting, looking, and pointing people to him all the, way, all the while. So I'm sure that death was the least of her concerns. And so on a day like today, we mourn, but as the Bible says, but not as those who have no hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, who brings us such peace that we can rejoice today. And we do rejoice because we know where Kathleen is and we know we're going to get to see her again. Death for Kathleen was the glory of God. Because only through death can we truly be purely in the presence of the Lord. I know she believed that, every bit of that, all of that. And I know she is right now experiencing the, the, the promised resurrection that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. And I know this is a message that she would want preached here today. And as we remember and honor the life of Kathleen here today and always, in remembering her and celebrating her life, a life that we all here were so blessed to share. Like, we are so blessed to have known Kathleen Lund, to share life with her, to experience life with her, to experience the joy of the Lord that she had and poured through her to us into our lives. We are all privileged. And remembering her and celebrating that life today, she would want our, our eyes on Christ because that was her ministry. She would be pointing to Jesus Christ through celebrating and honoring her life. This is a verse that I share at every memorial I do because, and it's probably one of those stock verses for many, many funerals, memorials. I only share it at memorials that I know the person knew Jesus. It's Psalm 116, verse 15. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Kathleen was one of... God's most precious saints. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about saints. They are not some special venerated person that can perform miracles, that some other group of men determined they would be saints, and then other people would pray to. A saint is some, simply someone that puts their faith in Jesus Christ. That's who God sees as his saints, And Kathleen was one of his most precious saints. And so precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. One commentator said about this verse, This psalm celebrates the deliverance from death. But the singer was enough to know that death is still a reality for every one of God's saints. When that day comes, God holds the death of his people as a precious, precious thing. Because he's welcoming them home. He's bringing them home where they were always meant to be, where they were created to be in pure, unadulterated worship to their, to their Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. Spurgeon also said about this verse, Though death is a curse and an enemy, it is still precious because it removes the remaining barriers between God and his saints and is the doorway to an eternity of perfect fellowship. Death to the saints is not a penalty, it is not destruction, it is not even a loss. 
Spurgeon also gave this illustration. He said, when Baxter lay a dying and his friends came to see him, almost the last word he said was an answer to the question, dear Mr. Baxter, how are you? His response was almost well, almost well. So it is the death for the believer in Christ cures all things. Cures, it is the best medicine for they who die in Christ are not almost well, but they are healed forever. The last few years were extremely tough on Kathleen and the family, Mike, the family. But today she's healed forever. The tears are being wiped away, or have been wiped away. She's heard the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. No more sickness, no more pain. She's thinking clearer than she's ever thought before. She's seeing clearer than she's ever seen before. She's hearing better than she's ever heard before. She's hearing the worship of the angels and the saints in heaven. And she's one of those saints joining in the worship around the throne. What a glorious, glorious vision that God has given us. What a glorious, glorious promise that he has given us. A promise that we can all share in and see Kathleen with one day. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, and she is healed forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for allowing me to do this. Love you guys.
Well, Mike and the family would like to have a few minutes of time to let a few of us be able to, a few of you, be able to share some remembrances of your time with Kathleen and how her life and the love of Christ in her life and through her life have impacted your lives. And so I'm going to ask a very dear friend of Kathleen's for a long time, Debbie Unrud, who in God's providence shared some similar circumstances that brought them very close together to come. And Stan's going to, or, or Stan, you can hand her the mic there if you don't want to come up here. And either way, share with us. And then uh, if there are a few others after Debbie speaks who would like to spend a few minutes, and I want to emphasize the word few minutes. We want to take maybe 10 minutes entirely here before we can get up to the reception area. So if there are a few of you who would, who would take two or three minutes, perhaps you can raise your hand and Stan will bring you the mic after Debbie's finished. Um, when Mike told me that Kathleen was going home to be with the Lord and he asked me to pray, and then he called a couple days later to say that all is well. And the Lord just laid it on my heart to just write down what I was feeling at that moment. And I shared it with him, and he's asked me to share it with you. So, I am a writer who sees life through words and speaks with them on occasion. Precious memories dance in the days of yesterday, and in rare cases like today, sing out in joyful unison. Today, that song regales me with the joy in knowing my dear friend, Kathleen Lund. I met Kathleen through a mutual friend who knew we shared a specific life detail, mothering children with special needs. This basic introduction planted seeds of friendship and sisterhood that would grow, blossom, and forever graft us more deeply onto the vine of our loving Savior. For every encounter, every conversation, every note card sent in friendship rang out with praises to the king. Wherever two are gathered in his name, he shows up. Kathleen always made certain a place was set for Jesus. We rarely ate together. We never went shopping. Neither did we attend a movie, as friends often do. Instead, we would sit in Katie's room or chat on the phone and let our conversation run wild. We were both night owls and God connected us through that technology that allowed us to be right at home where we were needed most and yet soar to places far and wide as we talked of books and Bible and events throughout history. We saw no limits in our home-centered world. We were called by God to this very place and we celebrated it. Life trundled on with so many situations and events prone to shake our calm. One such time landed my son in the hospital, and I gave in to fear. My dear friend Kathleen lifted me up in prayer and challenged me to grasp the truth of heaven and walk in the faith of knowing its reality. Thus began a whole new round of discussions, shared insight, and profound prayers. <laughs> Is heaven really a place? Kathleen said yes and invited me to walk alongside her to look 
Listen and learn of the beauty of God's steadfast promises. What a gift my friend gave to me in that mentoring walk. When her daughter graduated to heaven, I saw strength of celebration in her tears. When my own son followed years later, I cried those same powerful drops. Her challenge to make heaven real left a legacy I shall forever cherish. And now, as she has crossed over into glory, I cry those same tears of celebration. I know heaven is real, and I know my friend is there celebrating with her daughter and my son in the very presence of our Lord and Savior. Thus, as I sit and remember my dear friend, I do not think of her worldly possessions or her earthly accomplishments, though they were many and important, but rather, I think of her sweet desire to share the love of Jesus to any who would listen. What greater legacy can one have? I will miss my dear friend and her sweet friendship, but thankfully, I know heaven is real, and I will see her again. So this is not goodbye to a dear friend, but rather a bid to keep a place at the ready for me. Hug Andrew and Katie for me and melt into Jesus' loving arms. You made it, dear friend, your home. Thank you so much. If there's someone else who would like to take a minute or two, raise your hand, and then Stan will bring that mic to you. I had more to share, but I'm going to keep it short. As you requested, um, I think that what I started out with in remembrance of her um, and, and what I thought I could share about the intersection of her life and mine, at the time I was thinking about this, I also happened to be reading a book called Memoir of Grace, <clears throat> which is a biography of Chuck Smith's life as he told it to his son. With great affection, Chuck shared how a camp director who ministered to him as a young teen had had a significant impact on his spiritual journey. When I read his words describing who this man was so aptly described Kathleen's life in mine, I couldn't help but to repeat them with her name substituted for, her, for his mentors. Quote, each of us in our own lifetime will probably encounter only a few people whose love for Jesus is so sincere, whose relationship with the scriptures is so profound, and whose prayer is so deep that conversing with them is a spiritual exercise in itself. Kathleen was such a person to me. Her speech and her life lifted my heart to God. End quote. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Hi, I just wanted to say that I was in Kathleen's Bible study at her home after Catherine had passed away, and she had the room was called the keeping room, and we would talk about that. And it was just so profound how God kept her all those years. And um, she just would uh, share so much with us that my daughters came as well. And I uh, just want to say that 
one of the quotes she said to us was, don't forget, we're the richest girls in town. Someone on this side, did I see a hand? Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm sure many of you knew uh, Kathleen much more intimately than I did, but I did want to speak because she touched my heart so much. I was a neighbor at Villa Santa Cruz got to know them socially at events. But uh, we really hit a bond when we discovered we were both have, having Bible studies in our, in our home. And I thought, one day when she mentioned they were studying Psalms, I thought, oh, I have that huge book on Psalms. I'm not kidding, it thing was this, not that big. I don't want to exaggerate, but it was huge and very heavy. And I handed it to her, and I said, would you like to use this? She looks down, reads the author, and knows who the person is. And <laughs> I, I did not. And that was one of the most uh, you know, enriching gifts I've ever given someone. But the, the key to my heart was when my husband was dying, and she came over to visit. And I had, I had asked, left a note on the door for people to just come in, you know, because I, I was running on two hours sleep usually. If I heard the slightest sound from my beloved husband, I would wake up immediately. And she came in. She saw me lying on, the, uh, on a bed in the spare room, knelt down with me at my level, and prayed with me. And it brings tears to my eyes. How could she be so intuitive and so in touch with the moment and what was important? And she left me some prayers, which I've saved. But that was the kind of person that Kathleen was, so loving and kind to everyone. Thank you. Let's have one more hand, if there's one more, and then we'll make our way in a few minutes up to the reception where there will be plenty of time to continue to share those memories together. Is there one more hand? Nancy. All right. Nancy Reich. I've had the pleasure of knowing Mike and the family for a long time. And a regular patient, thanks to my bad back. But Mike wasn't in charge of the office. Kathleen was. <laughs> there was many times that I would be on the table and we would be discussing our children and our grandchildren. If you have any of those, we have issues. And I remember one particular time Kathleen was working on me and she'd pray with me and we'd talk and commiserate. And one time Mike opened the door and she goes, I'm not done with her yet. <laughs> She wasn't talking about the massage. <laughs> but the joy and the two words that no one has said, that Kathleen always said, when we got to the end of our commiseration, Kathleen would say, but God. And that has stuck in my mind so much. And all of us need to remember that, that whatever we're going through, Kathleen's but God. 
Thank you so much. We all know the words to John Newton's famous hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me, that we often sing in services like this. What I want you to do today is just close your eyes and listen to the music and let the words course through your minds as you hear the music, and then we'll close with prayer. And when this flesh and heart shall fail, and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. Through grace alone, through Christ alone. Amen. Amen. In the book of Revelation, John is given a vision in chapter 7 of heaven and of a great multitude of people who are gathered from every nation and all tribes and peoples, standing before the throne of God dressed in white robes that have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, from all impurity. And when he asks who these are, an angel tells him, they are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation, all of the trials, all of the pains, all of the sufferings, all of the losses and disappointments that are attendant to life in this world. 
and they have been made white in the blood of the Lamb. And having come through, therefore they are, the angel says, before the throne of God. And they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. And so they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb is in the midst of the throne, and he will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And Kathleen is in that multitude even now. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together as we close our time. Our God and our Father, how grateful we are once again for the great hope that you reveal to us in your word. And we praise you that the source of that great hope is Jesus Christ himself. The one who is very God of very God. Who was begotten but not made. The one who took on human flesh and came and dwelt among men. The one who lived a life of perfect righteousness. The one who took upon himself the form of a servant and emptied himself of every privilege, Father, that he enjoyed as the Son of God enthroned in heaven in order to become obedient to the point of death on a cross that by his death we might be saved, that by his blood we might be given peace with God. We praise you for this great hope. We praise you for the promise that it entails. We praise you for the life and the inheritance that it gives and that Christ Jesus gives to all who simply believe and come unto him through faith and call upon his name to be saved. And we praise you, Father, that Kathleen is among those that you have saved by your grace through faith in Christ. And we praise you that your love has been so profound in her life that through her you have been pleased to call many more unto yourself. And we give you thanks, Father, for the way that she lived her life by faith in you. We give you thanks for all of the testimonies today of that faith and of the glory of Christ and his love and grace in and through her. We thank you for Mike's testimony of the gospel. We thank you, Father, for the fact that this great love of Christ was lived in her and through her generationally. And we saw it and heard it proclaimed in her grandsons, Matt and Josh. And we thank you, Father, that all of that was what gave her great hope to walk and to run with endurance with her eyes fixed on Jesus as she strived towards the eternal hope of glory, even as Pastor Campbell proclaimed to us today. Father, thank you for this time and the great comfort that it is to all of us to remember our dear friend Kathleen and to exalt our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you give us hope and grace and comfort, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's let the family in the first couple of rows be dismissed first. We're going to make our way up again to the south, up the pathway to the fellowship hall where there's a reception prepared and food and refreshments for you all. So we'll meet you all up there. God bless you.